This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's going to do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews and the ingredients so safe and clean, they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest. Keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE, for 20% off your order. You're listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode 107. Folks, today we are talking about sleep schedules. Here's the thing. It is so hard to show up as our best selves and to do this work from an emotional development perspective when we aren't meeting our basic needs like sleep. If you are feeling sleep deprived, there's a good chance your kiddo is too. Of course, in the newborn stage, we're looking at kiddos who really need to wake up because they need to eat and all that jazz. And that is a special beast in and of itself. We'll chat a little bit about that in this episode. But as kiddos get older, if they aren't getting quality restorative sleep, it's going to affect their ability to show up in a regulated state just like it affects all of our abilities to show up in a regulated state. In episode 41, we talked about sleep pressure and how it's the answer to 90% of our sleep consultations. We outline more in that episode about like what sleep pressure is and all that jazz, but this episode today is designed to walk you through concrete, tangible schedules for kiddos who are napping, so newborn to potentially five years old. This is a like pen and paper kind of episode where you might want to jot down the schedule of the age that your kiddo is. You'll see that it's not exact. We're not like, your kid needs to go to bed at 7 p.m. and wake up at 6. Like, no, that's not how we approach sleep at all. In fact, sleep is so cultural. And I think it's actually kind of arrogant. A lot of times in America, we're like, your kid needs a 7 p.m. bedtime. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so culturally insensitive. There are cultures all around the world where kiddos go to bed later and wake up later. And uh, we are here to respect that, including where kiddos sleep. A lot of cultures around the world also have kiddos sleeping in the room with them or even in the bed with them. And we're here to support you with safe sleep in whatever environment works best for your family unit and is culturally relevant. Before we dive into this episode of Concrete Tips and Tools, I wanted to let you know that for a limited time through Monday, February 10th, We have our newborn sleep class up and running. It is live for you for $57. After Monday, that price will go up to its regular price, but there's a little introductory price of $57 for you right now. The newborn sleep class is there to help you 
create solid sleep foundations while building and maintaining a secure attachment to your babe. We are not here for crying newborns. Obviously, they cry. That's how they communicate with us. Um, But we don't practice cry it out by any means. We're going to have you responding to every cry and just helping you get to know your tiny human, who they are, how their sensory systems work, how they best regulate and find their calm, what their natural patterns and habits are. We help guide you through what to pay attention to now and really what doesn't matter right now. There's so much to think about and worry about and we get so many messages about like, am I creating a bad habit? And we're like, no, (laughs) snuggle that snoozy babe in your arms because it's the most delicious thing in the world. This class is there to be supportive for you on this journey and to set you up for success as you move beyond the newborn stage. Laying habits and foundations early on can be key, and it's not an all or nothing. So if you are interested in snagging the newborn sleep class at our introductory rate of $57, head to newbornsleepguide.com to snag yours today. All right, let's dive in. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Hey guys, you may have tuned in already to episode 41 about sleep pressure and how it's the answer to 90% of our sleep consultations. Let me break it down for you real quick as a synopsis before we dive into these sample schedules and really what you should be paying attention to timing-wise. Sleep is a little bit like food where you want your body to be ready to sit down for a meal at, say, breakfast, lunch, or dinner time. And so you wouldn't have a snack 10, 15 minutes before dinner because you'd want to be ready to eat. And it's similar with sleep in that when we want kiddos to take a long nap and sync their cycles or sleep at night, what we're really paying attention to first is during the day, what does their sleep look like? Are they going down for sleep over or under tired? If so, it will affect how they go down. It will affect the length of naps and overnight sleep. It will affect their hormone production and the ability to sync cycles. When kiddos are up for too long, when they get to a point of being overtired, You get kind of like what we would think of as your second wind, where their body produces cortisol to keep them awake, to keep them going. Kids who have cortisol coursing through their body, A, can be real cranky, but also could be like wild. Like you're like, oh my gosh, they're like off the wall. Could be that they're overtired. They're also quite hard to put down. Because if you imagine like having adrenaline running through your body and then I'm like, and go to sleep, (laughs) it's real hard to like calm your body. So one thing that's hugely important is making sure that their naps, 
support their overnight sleep. Let's break this down as to what it looks like in different ages and stages. I want this episode to be like short and concise and tangible for you to put into practice. In the newborn phase, we are really paying attention to make sure they don't get overtired. Newborns nap so frequently. And more importantly than the length of a nap is the length of an awake time. Newborns might only be awake for 45 minutes. They might wake up and eat and get a diaper change and maybe play for a little bit, but maybe not and be ready to go back down. The big thing here is a newborn should never be awake for more than two hours. Most newborns are going to be awake for maybe an hour, hour and a half at a time, never more than two hours because then their body will produce cortisol to keep them awake. If you want more tips and tricks on newborn sleep specifically, we have a newborn sleep class. And from now through Monday, February 10th, you can get the newborn sleep guide for $57. It's an introductory price and the price will go up after that. But if you want to create healthy sleep foundations and learn about what you need to pay attention to and what really doesn't matter right now in the newborn phase, that guide is comprehensive in supporting milk production, in maintaining and supporting a secure, healthy, emotional attachment to kiddos. We don't practice cry it out. In fact, like we support you in being able to regulate your emotions and co-regulate with your child to help soothe them. We talk about sensory sensitive babies, kiddos who might need specific sensory input in order to find their calm. We dive into all of this in the newborn sleep guide. You can go to newbornsleepguide.com to get all those details and sign up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for Mila Bean, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online. You can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash voices. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. All right, let's keep going. So then as kiddos get older, usually between like four and six months, we'll start to see more of a schedule set in. And at this point, we will start to see kiddos usually around five months solidify into like three naps. 
it's okay if you have a five-month-old who's not doing three naps. Just typically we'll start to see them slide into this. And most kiddos will maintain three naps from about four or five months to about six to eight months. Let's look at a sample schedule for a kiddo on three naps. The first awake window of the day should be about two hours. It might even be a little less and that's okay. But say they wake up at 6.30 in the morning and their first nap is at 8.30. Let's say they sleep for an hour and a half and then their second nap is about three hours later than that. See, we're starting to now stretch them a little bit longer in that middle of the day. So they go down maybe around one o'clock if they woke up at 10 and they sleep until say 2.30ish. They will have about a two hour awake window here until say 4.30 and then a cat nap. And then another about two hours of awake window, two and a half max, and then down for bed. So you're noticing that most of the awake windows throughout the day are about two hours with the exception of after the first nap, that awake window is about two and a half to three hours. I am here for like automation, for anything that I can take off of my to-do list so that I don't have to remember it or keep track of something. I will do subscribe and save if that's an option. I love when things are just delivered to my house. I don't have to think about them. So I'm super jazzed to share our newest podcast sponsor with you, Pandia Health. You get to skip the trip to the pharmacy each month for birth control and get free delivery with bonus free goodies. You never have to run out of birth control again. You get Pandia Health peace of mind. Pandia Health makes sure that nobody runs out of birth control on their watch because it's delivered to your house. You don't have to go anywhere. You get free delivery of your birth control pills from Pandia Health, the only women-founded, women-led, doctor-founded, and led company in birth control delivery. I'm here for all of that, my friends. If you have an active prescription at a pharmacy and insurance to cover the medications, Pandia Health delivery, automatic refills, reminder to see your PCP each year, services are free. With a capital F, y'all, I'm here for free services. If you need a doctor consultation because you wanna change pills or methods, or you don't have an active prescription, it's just $29 once a year to access Pandia Health's expert, passionate doctors for the next 364 days. You save the trip to the pharmacy each month, you save the trip to the doctor to get your birth control prescription, Pandia Health can deliver to all 50 states. They take almost all private insurance, but not Kaiser. They do take Family Pact. You can enter code Voices of Your Village and get $5 off the doctor consultation if needed. Pandia Health is about care, convenience, and confidentiality. Go to Pandia Health, P A N D I A H E A L T H dot com and sign up now. Pandia Health is the Greek goddess of healing, light, full moon. Pan means every, dia means day. And y'all, the convenience of this all, please, I'm here for it. PandiaHealth.com, use called Voices of Your Village to get $5 off the doctor consultation if needed. PandiaHealth.com. Now, as we move into two naps, 
we're going to move into awake windows of two, three, four. Two hours, three hours, four hours. See, it progressively gets longer throughout the day. The awake period does. Until kiddos are ready to drop down to two naps, in that last four-hour awake period, you're going to be getting them a cat nap. The key here is that that third nap of the day, when they're on three naps, is a cat nap. The first two naps of the day we want to see start to get longer, at least an hour, if not an hour and a half. Sometimes they'll even do two hours. But that last nap of the day, that third nap, is just a cat nap so that they're not overtired for bedtime. All right, so let's move into two naps. Now, when they are... When they're doing two naps, they might start this anywhere between six and eight months, and you'll notice that they're ready when you either start to see naps during the day really shorten, or most commonly from the three to two naps, you'll see that they are refusing that last nap of the day. Check out episode 56 to dive into when to know when a kiddo is ready to move from three to two to one naps and how to make that transition. Episode 56, we'll go into depth on that. This one, we want to focus on schedules. So they're on two naps. They've gone there by about eight months. And we want to hold the two naps until between 12 and 15 months. Most kiddos will drop down to one nap closer to 15 months, usually between 13 and 15 Every once in a while, we have a kiddo who's one who's ready to drop down, but for the most part, we want to hold on to two naps until closer to 15 months. That's what most kiddos wind up needing. Okay, so let's take a look at that schedule. The first wake time of the day is about two hours. So say they wake up at 6.30, they are going to go down for nap around 8.30, 9 o'clock. You might find that if your kid is in childcare, that they go down a little bit later because speaking from experience here as an infant toddler teacher, it's really hard at drop off when parents are coming in the room to put kids down to sleep. So often what teachers will do is wait until most of the kids have been dropped off so that most of the like interactions with parents are done for a little bit so that teachers can focus on putting kids to sleep. So you might see kiddos go down closer to nine. But say you're at home or your childcare has that flexibility. Say you have a 6.30 wake up. We're going to go down for first nap around 8.30. And then they're down for maybe an hour and a half till about 10. Awake for three hours. Down from about 1 to maybe 2.30. Um, maybe three here. They might You might see that they will do a two-hour nap in the middle of the day, but an hour and a half is sufficient for sure. And then they're awake for about four hours before bedtime. When they first move to two naps, you might find them still doing a cat nap on the way home from school if your child is in child care. If that's the case, you can just push bedtime a little bit later um, and just make sure you wake them up once you get home. But a 10, 15 minute nap really will play a role in that sleep overall. So just to be, you can, we can always play with these things. Obviously at all costs, we're like, try to stay awake, <laughs> talking to them, engaging them. If there's another sibling in the car, we're trying to keep them awake. Um, but largely here, just uh, knowing that we can be flexible with this. Again, the awake time is more important than 
the length of nap. So looking for about two hours, about three hours, and then about four hours. And you can map out what that looks like for your family unit. It doesn't really matter what time your kid goes to bed at night as long as your awake windows throughout the day and your then naps support that. So if you want your kid to go to bed a little later, maybe that works best for your family unit, say eight o'clock, you would want your kid up from their last nap by around four. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So paying attention to that and adjusting nap times accordingly is huge. Now, when they're ready to drop to one nap, again, usually somewhere around 15 months, We want them to hold this one nap until they're at least three. Most kiddos need it through their third year. Some kiddos need a nap at age four and maybe even age five, especially our kiddos who have sensory integration or sensory processing challenges. Sometimes the world feels like a lot to process and their bodies and brains are working really hard to process information. And we might see that they need more of a recharge. Let's take a look at the schedule. Guys, this is crucial. This is where we see the biggest challenge in schedule. Not just at home, but at school too. A lot of my work in presenting to childcare centers is working on this. The first wake time of the day should be about five hours, and the second wake time should be about six hours. Let's take a look at what that looks like. If you want your kid to, at this point, they should be sleeping about 11 hours overnight, sleeping from maybe 7.30 to 6.30. If they wake up at 6.30, 
Five hours later is 11.30. Say they nap for a couple hours, they're up at 1.30, they're in bed at 7.30. That's a nap from 11.30 to 1.30 if you want them to go to bed at 7.30. Here's what often happens. We see a lot in childcare and at home as well, but specifically in childcare, the way that a lot of the teacher breaks and structure of the day are set up is for nap time to be like one to three. And the thing is, man, if your kid wakes up at three and we want them to have six hours of awake time in the afternoon, their bedtime is 9 p.m. And then we would have them sleeping until about 8 a.m. For a lot of folks, that schedule doesn't work. If that works for you, awesome. For a lot of folks, it doesn't. And so this is where advocating with your school is going to be huge. What we often hear from the teacher side of things are parents of like a three or a four year old that are like, please don't let my child nap at school, even though the teachers are like, they need a nap. They're miserable when they don't have one. And I tell teachers, the thing is, if they're napping until 3 p.m., then yeah, that kid's not going to go to bed for their parents when they get home. And so the key here is to say, when my kid naps until this time, then they aren't ready for bed. And we can start to advocate for your kiddo and working with teachers and saying like, you know what, to be honest, folks, it takes an overhaul of a childcare schedule to change nap times. Because during nap times, often when teachers have lunch breaks or planning breaks and people have to come into the room and cover and all that jazz. And so a lot of my work is working first with the teachers to present this information, but then working with the administrative staff to look at how does that work from a logistics perspective? How are we covering breaks and restructuring the day so that kiddos have a supportive sleep time? Again, about five hours of awake time in the morning, about six hours of awake time in the afternoon. And that sets you up for about 11 hours overnight of sleep and about a two-hour nap. If you find that as your kiddo gets older, they're only doing one-hour nap, then you could have about five and a half hours of awake time nap, and then it would end up being about six and a half hours of awake time. And then that would just slowly get smaller until they're awake throughout the whole day. We have online sleep classes for kiddos ranging from newborn to five years old. You can head over to seedandso.org sleep to access our free sleep guide and any of our online sleep classes that we have for you. When you join the sleep class, you also get access to our village of folks who have also been laying emotionally supportive sleep foundations and doing this work behind the scenes as well so that you can learn from each other and get the support of our sleep team as you create a plan and implement it. Y'all, our whole approach to sleep is to look at sleep science. Uh, Are we setting kiddos up for success? from sensory regulation to the timing of their sleep, to the environment, uh, to their hormone production? Are we setting them up for success? And then looking at, are we establishing routines and habits and boundaries from an emotionally supportive place that help kiddos feel regulated and confident and in control of their space We do not practice cried out at any point and are really focused on helping you build and maintain a secure attachment with your babe and with your tiny human, whether it's during the day or at nighttime. 
you are not alone in this journey. There is so much to navigate here. And if you hit up like an online search bar, you will find so much advice that it's overwhelming. And no matter what you're looking for, you'll find things that will support it and things that tell you that you're doing the absolute wrong thing for your kid. It is really overwhelming and hard to navigate. So we're taking all of that off your plate. We have evidence-based support for you and different plans to find what works for your family unit, whether it's co-sleeping or sleeping in a different room, etc. And we're here to support you along the way. So head over to seedandso.org slash sleep. Again, you'll find our free sleep guide and all of our classes from newborn to five years old. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook, search Seed and Sow colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes I'll wear my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.